five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome to Saturday. It's time for KenCast. Today will be a very special KenCast. It's a pre-recorded discussion. We're going to have a really great in-depth discussion about Karate Kid 2 with one of the best people on the planet uh, to talk with about the movie Karate Kid Part 2, which I find sometimes people overlook a bit. Obviously, the first one is regarded as a classic, but sometimes people forget about Karate Kid Part 2 and that it's a really good Karate Kid movie as well. Um, so, but before we get going today, I want to welcome our very special guest. It is Peter from Cobra Kai Companion Podcast. How you doing, Peter? Hey, doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. You know, you know, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I tune in as much as I can every, every Saturday. Uh, and, um, I enjoy you and your plethora of guests that you have on. I, I do have a request though. Oh, okay. I love these countdowns, you know, the five, four, yeah. I, you should, you should insert some, some digital confetti, you know, kind of like a, <laughs> it's a countdown, you know, like I, I'm always expecting some sort of confetti uh, as you appear on screen. Well, that's interesting because, uh, you know, the first time we did sort of like this epic live stream, you were a part of it. It was kind of around New Year's, I think, right before the premiere of uh, season four. And, you know, that theme would go very well with New Year's and everything. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we should maybe we should bring that celebratory uh, confetti into it as well. But, uh, yeah, th thank you for the suggestion. Of course, it's great to have you here in person. Yes, normally you are there active in the chat, and we are honored to have you in person today and to gain all of your wisdom uh, about the Miyagi-verse and the Cobra Kai universe. Uh, so before we get going today, before we get into, like, news, so what little news we have, um, what are your overall thoughts of Karate Kid Part 2 and what that movie means to you as a fan? Yeah, um, I think it's a fantastic movie. I, I do see, you know, a lot of people often say that it's kind of a slower movie, and I, I totally get it. it. It's much more of a, a dramatic movie than it is a... Um, you know, comedy action or family action. I don't, I don't know what you would actually categorize the first credit kid, but obviously there's, is there a lot more apologies? Sounds like somebody's blending a drink in the kitchen there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I've never really sat down and think about it. Uh, aside from the tournament at the end of the first movie, is there the same amount of like run-ins with Daniel and the Cobra versus like Daniel versus chosen and, like Tishiro and um, I'm forgetting the other gentleman, but it's three right. versus Daniel versus like five Cobras and Daniel. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I want to say it might be, there might be a few more meetings between the Cobras and Daniel, but I think there are a surprising number of meetings between Daniel and chosen and his posse. Um, yeah. And, and not only that, there's a few other things too, that uh, kind of happen, right? We have like the, the infamous icebreak scene, you know, and we don't really quite have anything like that with the Cobras. But, okay. um, you know, you you ask, you know, what does it mean to me? It, it means a few uh, different things. You know, I, I've shared this a number of times and I, I'm sure I've mentioned it uh, on, on your show as well. But just the fact that this movie that has mostly Asian faces like that, that meant a lot to me growing up. And uh, it kind of I guess, you know, as, as a, a child, I never really thought of it, thought of it and how comfortable this made, movie made me feel uh, just seeing people that look like me. Uh, and I guess I was lucky enough that I wasn't exposed really to movies like 
16 Candles, where Asians were uh, much more of a stereotype. That is something that I would learn later on in like my early teens that like, oh, we were kind of the butt of jokes in cinema back in the day. And I think um, this actually came up surprisingly in my interview with uh, Giovanni uh, C, who plays uh, Mr. Miyagi in the uh, Karate Kid musical. Uh, he kind of referenced the scene from, um, what is it called? The uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, uh, directed by uh, Rob Cohen, who would go on to do the first Fast and the Furious movie. But there's there's a sequence for those that uh, had not seen that movie, but Bruce Lee is sitting in the movie theater with, um, I, I don't know his widow's name, but she's played by uh, Lauren Holly. Is it Linda? Does that sound right? Linda Lee, maybe? Yes, that's that's. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah, because I know his daughter Shannon. I know she's very uh, active and um, you know to to carry on the legacy of his name and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, in in that in that sequence, uh, there's you know the Mickey Rooney on uh, Bre Breakfast at Tiffany's, and he's kind of got the Asian face and the the buck teeth and you know big glasses and what have you. And the entire audience is laughing because that's it was meant to be a joke. And uh, Lauren Holly's character, she she's laughing. And she looks over at Jason Scott Lee, who plays Bruce Lee, and he is not amused. You know, he is, you know, he's kind of like processing this. Is like, what this is this is supposed to be funny, you know? And 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 she sees that you know he feels some type of way about that. And so I think that uh, at at that point, like I was starting to be aware that um, that Asians weren't quite looked as equals on screen. And so seeing, um, uh, you know, not just Karate Kid 2, but the franchise in itself to have a Mr. Miyagi that is not the butt of any jokes at all. Like that, that was something different and unique. Um, growing up a fan of Goonies, you know, Data, yeah, you know, a little bit of a stereotype. He, he's, um, I, don't, I don't know if the stereotype is like uh, Asians are handy, but the fact that he's got like these inventions and stuff, I think that kind of like. I know it kind of speaks to like uh, him being intelligent or what have you, but D data was kind of like, you know, low key stereotype. Um, but he was uh, a fan of mine and uh, a fan of mine, a, um, a favorite of mine, but another character around this time, early nineties would be Rufio, you know, definitely not a stereotype. He himself has a, a really great, yeah. And hook. hook. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dante Basco plays him and, uh, I just love the line where he says, I, you know, I'm the pan now, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so he has taken over and, you know, it's just this uh, really, really cool character. So, um, you know, we, ha we have a, a long way to go, but uh, I, I think, you know, to kind of transition into like the, the, the discussion of this episode, I think uh, they're doing, um, they're portraying Asians in a, in a really nice way on Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you, Peter. That's that's a wonderful insight about Karate Kid too. Um, really important one, you know, because I I was kind of unaware of it too. Because you know, Karate Kid two, I saw it when I was really young, and uh, this was my first introduction to you know Okinawan Japanese culture, and um, you know that's that's good that it you know it was a good one, you know, as opposed to like other movies, you know. So, um, all right, let's get going with uh talking about what news we have Kencast news <laughs> yes uh well everyone okay so again we're pre-recording this today uh so there might be more news that's come out by the time we've recorded it you know and when it's aired there might be some news but uh so we have just a little bit of news um 
Well, let's talk about that. Okay, so Peter, you guys on Cobra Kai Companion Facebook group, you guys are doing basically this countdown where you're rewatching the episodes together. Everyone needs to basically join your Facebook group because you're doing this like every day. Um, and Mike from uh, Cobra Kai Wisdom was doing his and we had Hayden Schlossberg come on and basically tease uh, that the trailer is coming out soon. So we know we know it's coming out soon. Um, and I guess that's not a huge surprise at this point, but I just wanted to point out that's a great reason for everyone to join your Facebook group, to listen to Cobra Kai Companion, because you do not know who is going to show up. That's correct. I, I do feel that they maybe lurk a little bit more in our group because, because it doesn't have like, I don't know, 80,000 members in there, like some of the big groups. You know, we have, we don't even have like 1,500, I, I don't think. So it's really easy to kind of go through our content. And one of our rules is no duplicate um, posts from the same source. So if you scroll down, the, the, the chances are it's going to be almost something different every single thing that you see. Uh, you know, we try to keep it positive in there. And most of the people that have left because of breaking their rules or behaviors or what have you, most of them have left on their own accord. So um, we have strict rules just because we do have a lot of cast members, um, members or family members of cast members because we've interviewed so many people and we just want everyone to be respectful. That, that's really it. And I don't think that's, uh, you know, too much to ask for. But often I'll see somebody, you know, who is really proud of something that they did. You know, let's just say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm making this up, but like, let's say somebody... Uh, a member of ours that uh, maybe advanced to the next belt in, in martial arts. And maybe, maybe they'll post a picture. TB3 is likely to like something like that. Like we have seen them react to like somebody's post just because they also want to say, Hey, you know, that's cool. And, and we see that, you know, so um, I don't think anyone's in there like trying to get their attention, but you'd be surprised like uh, what, what they comment on, you know, what they react to. Uh, I do remember somebody posted something about, um, Hey, how come Miyagi's headstone doesn't really make a, a reference to him being a soldier, you know, because he was awarded the Medal of Honor and all these things? Well, Josh Heald <laughs> commented, was like, you should look a little bit closer, you know, and, and I went to go find a screenshot. I was like, ah, sure enough, they, you know, it's all on the tombstone, Medal, Medal of Honor award winner, you know, and, and, and a recipient, you know, and mm -hmm. so it, it, it shows all that, right? But um, I think uh, Josh Heald's wife, even, I think it was at the season two or season three wrap-up party she shared like a picture of like uh, some cobra kai cupcakes at the party so we so sometimes we get random posts from them as well so uh, but yeah you, you never know what you're gonna get you don't know who's gonna tune into a live um in that in that very same live watch along with mike there after hayden popped in not too long after john popped in john hurwitz himself he didn't say anything but everybody saw that you know john hurwitz was watching you know so everyone started like typing hi john hi john you know and all that <laughs> so kind of like on instagram you just never know that's great uh and thank you for mentioning instagram because we have kind of some some maybe news some things we can talk about this was a post uh today this is diora baird who plays shannon on cobra kai johnny's ex-wife and Peter, can you describe what we're looking at here and, and the connections you might make? Yes. Uh, so she, the funny thing is, like, her caption is I-Y-K-Y-K -Y -Y with the snake 9-9 on Netflix with the uh, eyes emoji. Kind of like, oh, what do we have here? Uh, I, the funny thing is, like, I lately I've also been knowing or knowing, uh, been using 
the hashtag if you know you know but for like other reasons you know but it's it's funny that she kind of uh, shares this picture of her in front of the door of her trailer is what i'm assuming um you can see the reflection that it is indeed a trailer on the uh, opposite side of her mm -hmm. and nine nine represents when season five uh drops so i'm assuming that she uh, returns um in the next season but the big question I feel people may be asking is, is this actually today that she she took it? We know that she posted the picture today, but we don't know if it's mm -hmm. an old picture. Right. So if so, basically, if it's not an old picture, are you thinking that this could mean some new stuff being shot, uh, that that type of thing or? So what are, what's your thought process? Yeah, there? that's a very interesting question, because if she is there now, that means that they've already, um, at the very least, have a handful of uh, scripts, you know, for the first few episodes ready to film. Because the the other thing that we have seen in previous seasons would be like a, a table read from some of your principal characters. Right. So for Shannon to be there pretty early on, like this is all speculative, uh, speculatory, right? Like we don't know if right. they've actually started production yet, but for um, Shannon's character, Diora's character, Shannon, to be there this early, that would imply that we're going to see Shannon in the you know first few episodes of season six, uh, which at the time of this recording still has not yet been greenlit officially. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot. A lot there. Yeah. You know, and something else to kind of keep an eye out. How long will this post stay? Right. You know, because it doesn't <laughs> spoil anything, but. I feel if Netflix or the powers that be may think this is even too much for them, they may have her remove this. Right. Because I, I, again, because if this is a, a new picture and indeed taken today, then she kind of revealed some things that have not yet been official. Right. Right. So if this is an old picture though, it, at the very least it would point to, I mean, she's anticipating being in season five. Like she would, it, it almost looks like she's kind of announcing that uh, Shannon as a character might be play a part in season five. I uh, look, look at it that way, but I, yes, yes. Be, just because like, you know, we really don't know. It's all speculation, yes. but yes, I would guess that. And, and also I don't think that would be, in my opinion, that's not spoiler, right? Because right. at some point Johnny does have to go pick up Robbie and obviously, uh, I, I would imagine that at some point we're going to see Shannon, <laughs> see Shannon, because because um, uh, Robbie is staying with her at her apartment. Now, we don't know if it's the same apartment because, uh, you know, we're kind of going through the season four episode reviews right now over on Cobra Kai Companion. And uh, there's a there's a moment where. Shannon mentioned that Terry Silver comes to her apartment. So, and we know that she has been previously evicted before. So, we don't know if she got the same apartment back or did the LaRussos help her get a um, a new apartment. So, right. But I, I do expect to see uh, Shannon again uh, pretty early on. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, well, so we're talking about Cobra Kai. We're talking about Cobra Kai season five. Obviously, we have characters like Chosen. We know Chosen is coming back. Um, could we have Kumiko come back? Unknown, I guess. Um, but that is a perfect segue into our discussion for today. Kencast discussion. 
Okay, Peter. So we are talking, we are talking about the Karate Kid Part Two. And uh obviously we've had characters from Karate Kid Part Two that have showed up at Cobra Kai, but I thought it would be good for us to sort of take a step back and look at this movie, look at Karate Kid Part Two, sort of like the importance of the movie, which you you already started to explain. Um, it has a lot of really great qualities. It was actually more successful financially than the first one. Um, but I feel like even in like home video releases and stuff like that, it doesn't really get as much attention uh, as Karate Kid 1. And so I thought that we could talk about like all these great qualities of Karate Kid Part 2 um, and just why it should be kind of looked at and cherished, I guess, along with uh, the first one and the third one, if you like it. Okay, so Karate Kid Part 2. So this came out in 1986. And uh, I first saw, this was the first Karate Kid movie that I saw. Um, and I probably saw Karate Kid 2 like 30 times before I even saw the first one. And uh, I wanted to start by asking you, uh, when was the first time you saw Karate Kid Part 2? Um, and what did you think at that time? I feel like I saw the Karate Kid Part 2 probably in the late 80s. And uh, the reason I feel that because uh, I did see Ninja Turtles 2 in the movie theater. And... I think I did. I saw the first one in the theater as well. And I know that I had already seen that on home release before those turtle movies came out. You know, those were kind of like the movies that I would kind of, uh, you know, replay in the VCR over and over. Um, you know, your Back to the Futures, your Ninja Turtles and the Credit Kids one and two. I feel at some point we did own three, but that's just not one that I really watched. Uh, and I definitely watched two more than I did one. And I don't know how often I saw one, to be honest with you, but 30 times sounds about right, if not more. Right. Uh, but that was the one I just kept on watching. And I, I think that's because we just had more Mr. Miyagi. You know, mm -hmm. I, I shared the story about like uh, having two grandfathers that lived out of state and I didn't really grow up with them. And so this was kind of like my grandfather, you know, just watching him on screen. But also, um, you know, for those that don't know, pretty big fan of Chosen. And uh, yeah. I, I, I've told people that Chosen just kind of reminded me of my uncle that I lived with. You know, we shared the same room. He was um uh, you know a late teenager uh i mean but but the, the persona what what was there you know he was very jokey and i knew that he was also kind of dangerous because <laughs> i knew i knew some of the things that he would you know get into and whatnot and i shared the room with him so there's things i saw that you know was you know probably shouldn't have been around me kind of mm -hmm. thing so the funny thing is like i went to go see yuji just uh, a few weeks ago uh, over in Seattle at his restaurant. And oh, wow. um, yeah, we, we sat down uh, and I had dinner there. He came to stop by and say hello to my buddy and I. And we uh, spoke just about um, about everything, you know, Cobra Kai, Karate Kid movies, life, uh, things that are going on in the world. So just really down to earth guy. But I also shared with him like, oh, yeah, this is the reason I'm a big fan of that character. Coincidentally, my uncle just came to visit like a couple of weeks ago himself uh, from Colorado and I was having lunch with him and I was like, Hey, you remember that, that character from this movie? He's like, Oh yeah. And then he, uh, he recites the, uh, you can keep for your collection. He messes it up a little bit, but uh -huh. he, he remembers the quote and I, that's a quote that stuck out to him and, and he just kept on repeating. So I think he liked the guy too. And maybe he saw himself in, in the chosen character, maybe a little projecting there, but I, I think we were all kind of the same wavelength with, with Chosen. So um, 
I think that's what it is. Like I just saw people that reminded me of other family members. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. And we definitely will get back to talking more about Chosen. Uh, he's going to be obviously a big character in Cobra Kai season five. But I want to take a second uh, to go back to what you said about Mr. Miyagi and how this movie kind of focuses more on Mr. Miyagi because you actually did a, um, a video on Mr. Miyagi called The Mind of the Soldier. Mm -hmm. And this that. is this is on your channel. And guys, you can go in the description right now and click on Cobra Kai Companion, their YouTube channel. Uh, and Peter did this uh, amazing video, I think with Watch Party as well. But you wrote this video and you provided so many insights that we just, I think I never realized just about his background and what he would have gone through um, in the army, uh, what it meant for him to get a medal of honor i don't know uh, peter can you tell us a little bit more about why you what motivated you to make this video and what you learned through making it absolutely and you know thank you for the plug for this um this was one of my proudest projects ever uh i was actually voluntold uh to <laughs> to uh, write this script on um, brianna my former co-host here at uh, cobra kai companion she had done she is one of the biggest crease haters right <laughs> and she, uh, her very first video was in defense of crease so she was coming at it from you know uh, from the opposite perspective here actually defending the guy that she hates and she uh, ended up doing one of um, young daniel larusso and then like in one of our episodes i don't even remember which one it was but she's like oh and you're gonna do our miyagi one i'm like oh well we would have been nice to have been part of that discussion <laughs> and you know like i was like okay i i am down for the challenge you know i haven't written anything creatively since high school so i'll, I'll give it a shot and um as 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 we do here you know i'm gonna have to kick this guy out pretty soon uh, <laughs> as as we do here at Cobra high companion we just you know so busy all the time with our day jobs and our families brianna had just had her first granddaughter and i just had my fifth child and so you know we're busy with the kids busy with work and and we were still trying to you know pump out these episode reviews and the interviews that we do it just got really um it just kept on getting put on the back burner and at some point i think the only way to get it done was to possibly commission somebody and watch party and i we, we kind of go way back you know about season two i believe is when we met and um i i said hey i i know i know your skill set and i know I, I love your videos i would really love to get kind of your eyes on this and I will pay you to edit the video. And he said, okay, sure. Yeah, long story short, sure, I'll, I'll do it. Because he wanted to see it too. And uh, he read the script, gave me some unconstructive criticism, and I think it only enhanced the video. Uh, and I provided him with some of my own personal photos. And also I thought, well, we don't know too much about Miyagi's uh, time in service. And being a veteran myself, spent 10 years in the U.S. Army, I was like, I think I could do something with this. You know, I know enough people that uh, I have served with that have some knowledge of, um, uh, you know, just Army knowledge in general. But what we were able to dig up was what Miyagi had, um, had earned uh, in, in service in terms of medals and ribbons and what have you. And we see it only on screen when he's wearing the blouse during the drunk Miyagi scene. So I, I said, you know, there must be a website somewhere that lists all of those. And, and sure enough, there was. Uh, Wikipedia is, you know, a, a decent source, but it's a source nonetheless. 
And I reached out to someone that I served under and I said, hey, you know, you kind of work in this field that um, I, I feel that, you know, with with your professional, uh, your professional, what's the term that I used? Uh, opinion, you know, like I, I, I feel that uh, in, in his knowledge, I feel he was the right person to, to kind of uh, reach out to. But yeah, he did he did the research and um, kind of looked up to see what somebody would have gone through to uh, earn and be rewarded, awarded such ribbons and, and such. So uh, so we do a deep dive on that. And uh, that is a phone discussion that um, was uh, played or- organically. I, I felt that needed to feel as raw as possible. Uh, because you're also getting my reactions too, you know, rather than us just kind of feeding you information, you know, so, so you get a little bit of like, oh, a documentary style, but also a one-on-one conversation uh, between two people uh, talking about Miyagi's achievements. Wow. Yeah. It's everyone. uh, Let me put this up again. It's Miyagi, Mind of a Soldier. Everyone check it out on the Cobra Kai Companion YouTube channel. Um, And I have that in the description. And I just want to say hi to everyone in the chat today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you hey, for your Drew. discussions. <laughs> I see Drew right there. Yeah, Drew, Drew's right there. How you doing? Um, hey, Strock. I think I saw Dave chime Dave, in and out real quick. Dave Strock. I'm sure Kate, you're there and uh, <laughs> right. every, everyone else. Uh, we are pre-recording today, so sorry we're not there with you live, but um, hope you'll still uh, enjoy this discussion today. Um, we were talking about Mr. Miyagi um, and the video that Peter did on Mr. Miyagi. Um, I wanted to kind of also look at Karate Kid 2 from the standpoint of the development of the relationship between Miyagi and Daniel. Um, obviously, the first movie was kind of magical in that, uh, you know, you saw this relationship form, kind of like this surrogate father-son type relationship. Um, and then really the second movie, it continues that. And, and we see Miyagi teaching Daniel new things. Um, right here... You know, this is obviously the breathing technique that Miyagi used to teach Daniel about focus. And this is so interesting to me because, you know, obviously in this scene right afterwards, Daniel was able to just kind of hammer in a nail just with one one hit. Uh, he was just so focused. But, you know, Peter, I, I watch Cobra Kai, the series now. And sometimes I wonder what would Miyagi say to Daniel, uh, kind of like after watching Daniel's behavior, um, what would he say to Daniel? And I don't know, this this image here of him teaching Daniel about focus, this seems like something that Daniel could really benefit from, I think, like taking time to center himself. He seems to be very agitated, uh, you know, in Cobra Kai by Johnny and obviously Kreese and Terry Silver and everything like that. But this is just, it's a, a lesson about, I don't know, just peace. I don't, what do you think about this particular lesson? Because it's, I think, more mature than some of the other lessons in even Karate Kid 1. Yeah, I think this is the one that they don't focus on too much. You know, we kind of spoke, I believe it was off mic, um, about some of the things that uh, Daniel does in part two here that we only see in part two and he doesn't really apply anywhere else, you know, whether it's on the show or whatever, but it's, it's he's on the show, but like the ice break, for example, mm-hmm. you know, like this breathing technique, you know, that this, this is something that he applies in a later sequence in Okinawa as well at a bar. And so w- w- where is that? Like, why is that not being taught? Um, 
you know, in or why is that something he couldn't use in the the fight against Chosen at the end of the movie, or or how come it doesn't come back up again in part three? Uh, so we only get teased in season two of Cobra Kai episode three, I believe it was the All, um, All Valley Fest, or is it just Valley Fest? It might be just Valley Fest, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it, it's it's something that Daniel could have used, and if Miyagi was uh, around still, I I feel um, I think I think. Daniel and Johnny's relationship, I, I feel they would have become friends a lot sooner, you know, with Miyagi there because mm-hmm. he would have seen it, you know, like Amanda's there, but Amanda's only there with Daniel. You know, if right. if Miyagi was there, I feel he would be living at his house still and not with the LaRussos. Right. And maybe he can kind of give like, you know, not necessarily an unbiased uh, opinion because it I, I think there's some bias for sure, but just you know like daniel would listen to miyagi right and and uh miyagi being a handyman seeing that johnny's a handyman i think they're they they can relate on some level there and i think at this point um miyagi would remind him like you know daniel son you're 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 50 years old you know like like, uh, if you've learned anything by now it's to listen to you know miyagi like you guys are same but same <laughs> you guys are you know right. like why can't you guys see it you know right. uh so i so i i think it would be interesting had pat marita still been around because not often but often enough i do wonder like man what if he was still around like how would he have changed this scene you know how would he change this episode you know what about the uh, uh the uh, tb3's narrative of the story how much of that would have changed would they have been like oh well we got to have Miyagi uh, as much as in here because, you know, he meant so much to the Credit Kid franchise. You know, that is something um, interesting there. Like, would they had used Pat Morita as much as we think maybe, or would they have not used him? Like uh, maybe they would have used him maybe just a little bit more than Lucille. You know, we really don't know how it would have gone because this is about Cobra Kai. This is about Johnny. Right. You know, so you don't want it to become a thing where, you know, people are going to be like, well, it's called Cobra Kai. Well, you know, why do we see Miyagi in every episode? Right. You know, but I think having him around, things could have been um, escalated in a good way, a little bit more like like the relationship between Johnny and Daniel. And maybe we could have seen Silver in like season two instead of four, <laughs> you know? Right. That's so interesting thinking about what if Pat Morita were still around. Uh, and That'd be how another that great episode. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, just, just to kind of just kind of go yeah. through some, you know, like. How how would this have been different, especially like the first time Daniel goes to the uh, cemetery? You know, right. what if he went to Miyagi's house and right. has a talk there? How does that change season one? Right. And guys, let us know in the description or in the uh, comments if that's something you're interested in. You know, if are you interested in uh, what if discussion? Uh, how would Miyagi's presence have changed the Cobra Kai series? Um, in uh, what I like, Peter, about Karate Kid Two is. We really see this like this is the type of like fighting scene. Obviously, this is after Miyagi's father had died Um, and we're really getting into. So I guess we can kind of summarize it where obviously we see the aftermath of the All Valley Tournament and then Miyagi gets a letter that his father is very sick. So he and Daniel go to Okinawa uh, to visit his father. His father passes away. Um, he runs into his old friend rival Sato and his nephew Chosen, reunites with uh, Yukie, his former love, and uh, Daniel forms a new relationship with Kumiko. And of course, Daniel uh, conquers his challenges and wins at the end. But um, this is it's such an interesting story because you basically have Daniel there who's witnessing Miyagi lose his father 
and go through that. Whereas Daniel's already done that. And that was, I think, one of the most touching scenes in the movie was actually Daniel almost comforting Miyagi for a change about the loss of his father. Um, it was kind of like a flip between a student and teacher in, in, in that scene, maybe. Um, but we do have these scenes here with them practicing and the martial arts, you could see Daniel's improved. They're actually doing, they're sparring against each other, you know, which is, which is really interesting. And then um, the drum technique. So Peter, I wanted to ask you about just the, these new techniques, like the drum technique, um, the relationship between teacher and student in Karate Kid 2 and how that's maybe different than Karate Kid 1. Well, I understand it to be a baby's toy. This is what Cho Chosen said. <laughs> right. That's true. I think, the, I think the jury's still out on that. Um, yeah, this 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 uh this one's interesting. Um, help me, uh, remind me again the actual question. Uh, sure. Uh, I guess um, what, kind of like pointing to Karate Kid 2 almost being a bit more mature, like uh, the relationship between student and teacher in Karate Kid 2, and then also these lessons like obviously the drum technique this is sort of like the basis of the secret move of the movie but um this also connects way back to miyagi's lineage and i don't know i what what are your thoughts about just this developing relationship developing lessons uh in karate kid 2 and your thoughts regarding the drum technique yeah the um let's see the, you you mentioned like um you know, mat mature, like for me, I, I wonder if it's more of like the uh, cultural difference, you know, and mm -hmm. like, you know, the Japanese versus like the, uh, you know, American, you know, American upbringing and things like that. So, you know, uh, it, it, it's different because this is like, you know, Miyagi's home. Uh, these are Miyagi's people and the Japanese, they are, it's, it's so different, right? The, uh, their, their livelihoods and their um, just kind of like, the idea of the, the respect of bowing and stuff like that, you know, it's a little bit more informal with Americans, you know, we could just wave, Hey, you know, a head nod or so, something like that. So I, I, I think it's so different that, um, that also tonally you have, like you, you mentioned the, the sequence between Daniel Miyagi shortly after Miyagi's father passes away. Mm -hmm. I feel like people can look at that scene and go, you know, it's a little long, it's a little boring. You know, it, it's it's like this is supposed to be a karate movie. And I, I think maybe that's one of the other things, too. And so I don't think they're really looking at like the um, maybe not appreciate the culture. You know, like I, I think it's definitely more a Miyagi movie. I often compare the Karate Kid 2 to like Back to the Future 3, where we learn more about Doc, you know, and mm -hmm. and, and Doc gets his love story with uh, Clara Clayton. You know, who right. the hell is Clara? You know, so... <laughs> yeah. um, and I've always loved part three because it's just so different and yeah. it's just so fun. I agree. And so that's the same thing with Credit Kid 2 for me. Like, okay, wow, we, we finally get to know more about Miyagi because, I mean, who didn't have questions about this mysterious little man? I mean, I ended up making a video about it because, like, maybe I can fill in some of the gaps, you know, because there was nothing out there like that. And, um, you know, and, and you make great, you know, videos as, as well. And I, I hope people could... Uh, check it out if they like that. It's, it's it's kind of a similar thing. I do a deep dive. I do you know the research, and so it's just not like necessarily an opinion, but it's like you know it, everything that we say in there is based on information and facts, you know, and the the things that we do dig up. So not necessarily just a a theory video um, like some of the things out there, which are great. 
but mm-hmm. this is, you know, the, the intent of that video was to kind of educate um, based on what we have learned in history. Um, but yeah, the, the whole uh, Okinawa stuff, um, I think the, I, I think it, just, it shows maturation in both characters, really. It, just the, uh, you know, to touch on the relationship again. Um, but the whole drum technique thing, I feel, I, I don't remember if I asked, you know, Robert Mark Kamen about that, but, you know, he does like to make things up and just because <laughs> it sounds cool at the time and he will openly admit, you know, like sometimes he doesn't really give a whole lot of thought into, it just sounded cool kind of thing. And I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but the drum technique, um, I, I think it's really, I like it, you know, and I, I think, uh, I think it's fantastic that there's like a, uh, you know, the, the drum um it, it itself you know there's an association with that but it's one of those things where like when daniel actually implements that like oh chosen really couldn't defend that like he he should know about this too so it, it's just one of those things like well you can't repeat the crane kick because like for those that were even wondering well we're going to show you why the crane kick won't work because right. you know they, they they too uh know how to use that but the the drum thing when everyone busts out the drum toy too like right. chosen really can um can defeat that or, or or block that um i just i i like the look of it aesthetically but it's just one of those i i wouldn't put it up there with the crane kick it's definitely down below in terms of like special moves you mm-hmm. know i i would not wield the uh, the the drum technique in a uh, Mortal Kombat style cobra kai game Interesting. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Um, I know that's a friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. That is, you know, that's a really good point because it almost seems like at the end, everyone knows what the significance of the drum is and the drum technique. They're like, hint, hint, Daniel, use this special technique. And yeah, chosen seems like he doesn't know or he's confused. And um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cho- chosen is very much like Mike Barnes in that sequence. Like, what well, what is going on? Right. <laughs> you know, right. Do I know how to stop this? No, I guess not. Uh, before I forget, since we are talking about the Credit Kid Part Two, um, did did we not? Did, I feel I feel we did. So I'm gonna ask for clarification here. Did we go over the um, that little scam that Chosen does in the, to the villagers? Oh, you know, I, I don't know if we talked about that, but that's an important thing to talk about because that is one scam that didn't make sense to me, uh, like watching, because it's like, should it be the other way? So yeah, Peter, can you tell us about this scam? Okay, I, so, so I can't make it sound, I, I can't make any sense of it, if, if that's where you were thinking. However, when I went to go have dinner with Yuji, I, I I asked him about that, and he also agrees. He says it makes no sense, and apparently, he says that he went to them. I'm assuming John G. Evelson and Robert Mark Haven, probably. Mm-hmm. And I guess he brings up like, you, you guys, this this doesn't really make sense. You know how this works, and and basically, he was like, yeah, they were just it's fine. You know, like nobody's going to question it. It's totally okay. We're just going to do this. And, and, right. and that's that. And he's like, okay. you know. Right. And so, and that's, and that's what we have. So uh, obviously nobody could have predicted maybe if this was like back to the future too, you could have predicted it because they got a lot right kind of thing, right. but nobody would have predicted 35 years later, we're going to have like people in their house with a microphone, like dissecting these movies right. and calling them out on it. But yeah, nobody can make sense of it because it doesn't work. It doesn't, okay. Yeah. So if you're, so if anyone's watching right now, this is what we're talking about. Daniel approaches the market and chosen apparently runs this racket where people bring their produce in and sell it to chosen and they weigh it, you know? And so when someone goes to weigh their vegetables, 
chosen apparently is using weights to, you know, determine how much money to pay them. Daniel, one of the weights falls and Daniel picks it up and breaks it kind of implying that the weight is much lighter than it should be. But the problem is that if chosen is stacking up very like all these light weights, something that it weighs like five pounds chosen, it'll be worth 10 pounds. So chosen will be overpaying for all the produce. Did, did I describe that correctly? You described it correctly, and that only reminds me of like this idea that we have that we, you know, an episode that we want to do with Drew, Drew R from the Last Row podcast, where yes. we're going to sit down and we're going to defend our favorite baddies. And this, <laughs> right? Ken, this is a prime example that yes. Chosen was actually a good guy this entire time, and right. it was in front of our faces, and nobody wanted to admit it. They were just like, "Well, that scam seems bogus." Well, you guys, he was trying to give the villagers more money. That's a great point. I love that. Yeah, yeah, chosen. And he's so upset because the people didn't get it and they thought they were being cheated, but chosen was giving them more money. And uh, Daniel ruined that. Can, yeah. can you imagine if they did that in season five? Like if they brought that up, <laughs> like, like LaRusso, you, 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 uh, you called it a scam, but I was trying to give the villagers more money. <laughs> yep. I could, uh, I could, I say there's a 50% chance we will see that in season five, yeah, you know, they're, fantastic. they're just amazing at, at doing that. So that's a really, that's a really good point, Peter. Uh, you brought it up. Uh, yeah. Well, now we have lots of great characters. And so I want to get your reaction to some of these characters that we see for the first, uh, sometimes the only time. So here we have Yukie. So what, what are your thoughts about Yukie and the significance of Yukie in Miyagi's story? Well, apparently she kept tabs on him without him knowing, you know, she knew exactly where he was. And I guess at some point she made it in her mind, not only to not marry anybody else, but the only time that she would reach out to Miyagi would, would be if and when his father passed away. You know, that's kind of a, it, it's, it's kind of a interesting thing because like, you know, I, I feel like her happiness should mean something as well. You know, it's it's like, well, you know where he lives, but he doesn't know where you live. Like he could have gone on to to marry as well, which he did. You know, he mm -hmm. he didn't know that she was um, that she would continue caring for him all, all this time. So it is really sad um, that this is like the only time we got to see her. Nubi McCarthy. Uh, wait, what did I just say? Nubi? Did I say Nubi? Uh, Nubo? Wait. Nobu, Nobu, Nobu McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she passed away, I believe, early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Oh, wow. Late I, I, there's so many different celebrity deaths surrounding, you know, this this cast. I mean, also like Danny uh, Kamakona also passed away, like, mm -hmm. early 2000s. I don't know. And with Pat, like, I'm mixing up all the different deaths, you know, there right. as well. But anyway... This was like a really sweet story, and we get to kind of see Mr. Miyagi a little bit out of his element. You know, he's not too dissimilar from his character from the first movie, but but now, you know, he's a lot more happy and feels a little bit more complete, you know, as a character. Mm -hmm. You know, when we see him most of the time, there's not a whole lot of, like, hurt. You know, he's not not really keeping to himself like he did the first movie also because he had just met daniel right. um, but daniel does take a back seat in the movie uh titled the karate kid this is very much about mr miyagi 
But um, yeah, it's something that I wish that uh, Kumiko could have uh, came to the U.S. with him, or if Mr. Miyagi decided to stay, you know, for the third movie, and then like they would only call, and then maybe Mr. Miyagi flies down the second half of the movie to help him because of Silver, you know, right. that, that could have been interesting, you know. But but also perhaps, you know, with uh, Pat getting that Oscar nom, maybe they feel like they had to make use of him and and put him in a lot. But that could have been yeah, kind of interesting, right? Like if they decided they wanted to keep Yukie. And maybe the first third of the movie, you know, most of it is like conversations over the phone. Like, Daniel, I don't think this is a good idea for you to um, go to the tournament. Like, maybe all of that is done on the phone. And, and, and then Daniel, you know, decides to do it anyway. And so you got less of the the fighting and the, you know, trash Daniel, you know, who's yelling at Mr. Miyagi, slamming doors in his face. Maybe we don't really get that, which I kind of love those scenes because it's like it hurts in a good way kind mm -hmm. of thing for me, you know. And so... I thought it could have been different. And and maybe, you know, uh, Miyagi showing up would have been a little bit more like, yeah, you know, here we go. You know, cue the montage and here we go into the tournament. And and now with like Chosen coming to the U.S., maybe that could have been a parallel too at some point. Right. And this was, you know, it was such a, a great relationship that we saw on screen between Miyagi and Yukie. And yeah, I mean, on the other side of that, I almost expected that we'd get kumiko and yukie coming back with uh miyagi if he was going back to los angeles and because i think both imply that like they would both would like to go with daniel and miyagi to los angeles and um but they kind of just stayed back we never saw them again um i don't know yeah my my thoughts on that really like i feel we could have gotten kumiko and yukie back um you know the the fact that they were even mentioned um, you know, in exposition in the very beginning of the Credit Kid 3, mm -hmm. we, we know the story. You know, we, um, Robert Mark came in, also verified it on Cobra Kai Companion that, yeah, you know, like I didn't want to do the movie. I had this other idea, but then they said, hey, here's some money. And he's like, okay, what you guys want me to say? You know, so like, right. If, he, if his heart was in it, I feel we could have gotten those characters back. I feel we didn't because you know, they were still continuing to write the script even when Tig came on, right? Like, you know, if you guys right. heard that interview, you know, they, they were still changing things as they were filming, you know, right. and I think Cobra Kai wanted to go method. So they're like, we're going to do the same thing. We're not going to have everything ready <laughs> and, right. and just kind of make changes as we go. I'm totally joking, but um, right. yeah, it's, you know, and, and we still got, you know, some really great things out of the Credit Kid 3, but how much greater had Kamen been on board from day one, and maybe he would have like had these characters return as well. Could have been right. really different. That's a, that's a really great point. Um, man, I know Karate Kid 3 is so interesting, like the history of it and the what ifs and everything. So, um, I, yes, everyone should check out your interviews uh, with Thomas Ian Griffith and Robert Mark Hammond uh, for more info on all of that, for sure. One more question, Peter, I want to ask you about Yukie. This is something I always thought was interesting. The fact that in Karate Kid 1, we see Miyagi drunk. Daniel comes upon Miyagi drunk, uh, and he is very sad about his wife who died in child childbirth. Um, and he's singing a song that he calls Japanese blues. Okay. To, to Daniel, you know, kind of like toasting to his, his wife who'd passed away and their unborn child in karate kid Two, He sings the same song to Yukie. What what do you think about that? Now, um, I don't pretend to be the the biggest fan 
you know, of Karate Kid where I can quote every single thing, right? I've right. never been that guy. And I know some people would, would be like, oh, well, Peter thinks he knows everything. I have never said anything like that. <laughs> would you be able, before I continue, would you be able to say whether or not Miyagi has ever mentioned, oh, this is our song or anything like that? Has he ever said anything like that? Um, he When, when he... Um when they were singing this song, like in karate kid part two, when he sang the song, uh, this was a song. Yukie basically says that Miyagi was singing to her. Okay. So and this would be before he met his wife. Um, he was singing the same song to Yukie. And what and, about in the first movie? Does he make any mention of that song other than singing it? He, he just, he sings it while he's drinking and looking at the picture of, of his wife. And, um, Daniel asks, you know, what is that song? And and Mr. Miyagi says, uh, it's Japanese blues. Uh, it it could also, um, in in my opinion, I feel that's a song that just calms him. Mm. You know, it it it's uh, maybe it's something that his mother taught him when he was a little boy, and it's just something that is comforting, you know, for him to sing. And uh, maybe he's not like a big singer where he has this like. Um, you know, the uh, library of songs of go-tos, you know, at the karaoke mm -hmm. or anything like that. Right. But uh, when, when someone asks, like, you know, what's the song that can calm him down in, uh, you know, it, you know, uh, in, in a bad night where he's drinking and having the, the of um, what happened to his wife and unborn child. So yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a song that he sings to kind of calm himself. And maybe that's something that Yuki had heard, before uh, we, we we don't know anything about his mom maybe she passed away mm. while he was still in okinawa mm. you know and and she heard him singing that while he was trying to get his mind off the death of his mother you know and so she's like sing that to me you know and and why not you know he loves that song it maybe it reminds him of his mom so he does so i love um, that so yeah yeah that's great i that love sounds that good i like that too that's, <laughs> I think that's what that is yes okay so kumiko so what is your uh, what are your thoughts on Kumiko and her? Obviously, she appears in Cobra Kai as well, um, but her importance not only to Karate Kid 2, but to Daniel and Miyagi's overall story. Yeah, Kumiko um, loves the character and uh, I'm not offended by it, but too often do I hear like, oh, that's that's my first Asian crush. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a great movie and she's a great character and she's beautiful. So I, I, I get it. I get it to me. She was just, uh, she was another, another girl that was very pretty, you know, as a, as a child, you know, um, not trying to make it sound like I was, you know, uh, sexualizing every female character, but I was a little, I was a little boy, you know, I, I recognized that she was uh, quite gorgeous and, um, but yeah, no, I, I think um, her relationship with Daniel is, is very sweet. It's it's so different from like him and Allie, you know, him and Allie, um, you know, the, the fun American girl, uh, completely different upbringing. Right. Again, um, Asians in general are very, uh, you know, kind of passive and a little uh, old fashioned in, in their ways. You know, I, I I don't know if they still do that now, but I hear about how like the Asian women, you know, in certain cultures still like walk behind their, their husbands kind of thing. So um, the, again, cultural uh, difference here is, is really stands out. And, you know, there's not a lot of like colorful scenes between the two, right? Like the only one that comes to mind is when they go to the dance hall, like everything else is very kind of muted, 
mm-hmm. you know, and very pedestrian. You know, some again may may think it's a little boring, you know, but I think it's just a um just something different that people uh didn't really see back in the day. Yeah, again with the Asian stereotypes, there were most of those were in the U.S. Right, we're talking about like a. Uh, foreign exchange students and, and whatnot so to have like um just about an entire asian cast filmed in hawaii that was supposed to be okinawa i i think you know um i don't know i'm kind of just rambling on here i uh, just get random thoughts that are popping into my head sure but yeah yeah i i, I do also kind of find it interesting like the idea of her being like yukiye's niece and not like daughter but i guess like she could be daughter if yukiye never you know, decide to marry at all, even when Miyagi left, when she was originally arranged to be uh, married off to Tusato, you know, right. a wealthier uh, family. And um, I'm, I'm forgetting some of the other things that you said, but mm-hmm. I, I just kind of mainly gave you my thoughts on you uh, on Kumiko. Right. And it, to me, it's interesting because, you know, that in Karate Kid 1, obviously with the alley, Um, that was, I guess your classic teen, you know, there was drama, you know, they had kind of arguments, silly arguments. And, you know, I I guess it was kind of a teen relationship in this one. It does seem like it's maybe a slightly more mature there. It's not, you don't have those like silly fights between them. Um, Kumiko just seems like she's just so sincere. She's just completely sincere with Daniel. She doesn't have any other kind of you know, of Allie's stuff and, you know, the class thing or whatever. She just really is immediately interested in Daniel and they're both interested in each other, you know, and, right. you know, so they're I both get, free agents. Yes, I, I, they're, I exactly. They're both free agents. They both love to dance. And uh, it's a slightly more maybe mature depiction of a relationship on screen. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think uh, also, you know, you get less tension of, with Chosen because there are no connections to Kumiko and Chosen. You know, they never dated like like Johnny and Allie, so it's a little bit different. Chosen is the trouble that seems to keep wanting to find Daniel. You right. know, and um, and Johnny is just like, you know, there's that 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 love triangle that continues on in the mm-hmm. Cobra Kai series that, you know, you got Johnny, Daniel, and Allie. Uh, but, you know, uh, Allie and Kumiko, they both have some fire in them, but different you know, different, but same, um, you know, right. she, um, Kumiko also has like this drive and, you know, her dreams and stuff like that. One could say, yeah, kind of a mature look out on life. Whereas Allie, we didn't really get to know like what her ambitions were, but we saw that she is very capable. She can stand up for herself. She knows what she wants. She doesn't care about class. And, um, and you know we do know that she goes off to college and so and that's a whole other story as well you know the way she was you know written off mm-hmm. uh at the beginning of part two but yeah um i think she was a great character and uh, kind of also one of those things like um you know if, if pat was around but what if kumiko showed up in part three you know it, it does right. kind of change and Daniel no longer has like that platonic relationship with Jessica and, and now it's right. Kumiko that's there. And I feel there could have been so much more tension too, if it was Kumiko and Mike Barnes continuing on everything, because now that they have that established relationship from the previous movie and not a a new yes. friend that happens to work at a pottery shop across, across the way. Right. And you know, what if Terry Silver targeted Kumiko, you know, Absolutely. that, that would have been an interesting point. Uh, John Alvinson said in an interview once that he thinks this is the son. 
the uh sorry this is the director geo okay john, john g alvison said um that kumiko was the best girlfriend daniel ever had would you agree did he give any other context you know because like I, I i think i think it was part of like he was kind of comparing to ali and just he was talking about the qualities of kumiko and just that she was just like a I guess like a very sweet girl and that she was just the best girlfriend Daniel ever had. I could see that, especially like from Cobra Kai where we find out that uh, in dialogue with Allie and, and this is where they kind of TV three and, and the writing staff, they, they kind of clean up the way that she was written out where she's like, I, I hope you didn't, you know, like um, they were talking about the, the old car and uh, Allie mentions that like the brakes needed fixing and Daniel doesn't really say anything. She's like, you didn't, Tell Mr. Miyagi, like, I crashed that, or it was my fault, was it? You know, and so, like, we we learned that she does a lot of, like, egging him on and things like that. And, like, Kumiko doesn't do anything like that, right? Again, so I, I think, like, culturally, it's just different. And so, like, I don't, I see what, yeah, he's the director, right? He's the, right. like, sir, you directed Rocky and, and all these movies. So, like, right. I'm not trying to say anything. But in my opinion, I don't think it's really fair to compare the two just because they're so culturally different. You know, if um, if Kumiko was Asian American, how w- would it be a little bit more different? You know, because we now we're more used to seeing someone that looks like me in a lead role that's a little bit uh, that's a lot more Americanized than somebody that's still kind of like learning the American way. You know, we're still in this like. 30 year you know um uh time time period where where we're we're still trying to like normalize like okay no you know the asian americans have been here for a long time they are not like oh they are so asian that they still stick out you know what i mean like um i'm trying to remember the title of that uh ya novel that became like um i think they have two movies on netflix where it's led by uh is it lana she played jubilee in the x-men movies but uh she um stars in this rom-com where she has crushes on all these boys you know but but she's asian american and all the boys are you know different ethnicities and stuff like that but that's not something we would have seen in the 80s and 90s you know something led by an asian american like uh you know phoebe cates never really quite got that she was always like the crush right she was never I mean, we got dropped at Fred, but again, that's different. That's about mental illness and, and what have you. But right. um, I'm trying to think. So, like Tia Carrere, did she have a rom com? No, you know. And so she's resurfacing in this new Joe Joe Coy comedy as a as an aunt, you know. So like mm-hmm. in Wayne's World, again, she was you know there was some cringy moments there in part two as well, you know, with her culture, Wayne learning Cantonese in the first movie, right? So yeah. Uh, I think it would have been really interesting um, to see her in part three. Well, um, I totally agree. It would have been amazing to see her in part three. Although now she is back in season three in Cobra Kai, we see the return of Kumiko. And I wanted to get your thoughts because it seems like she's still holding a torch for Daniel. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on just that element of it. And is that, a source of like tension going forward uh what, what do you think about that maybe not going forward but something that i think they were playing with um, the idea with uh, or with the idea of it um did you by chance check out the um the supplemental material from the season three dvd 
No, I actually, I haven't seen any of the material on the DVD. None. Zero. No, I haven't okay. seen the DVD. Yes. I will also admit I have not seen much of it, but mm -hmm. the one that I know that exists out there is whether, I think, I don't know if it was deleted or extended, but there's a sequence where um, it looks like there was some temptation uh, between like Daniel, uh, possibly also Kumiko, or maybe both or one or the other. I kind of vaguely remember it. I, I believe they dance or maybe at some point their hands touch and there, there's something there. I'm kind of misremembering because like the hand touching thing, it might be on the show, but there's mm -hmm. something that they kind of cut. And it kind of reminded me um, of a conversation we had with Michael Jonathan Smith, who wrote uh, episode three or four, the right path. And no, 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 he, well, he did write that, but we were actually talking about the episode where um, Johnny and Allie, uh, go on their date, you know, to golf and stuff. And so the discussion in the writer's room is they wanted to tempt Johnny, you know, with Allie. That's why there's like the almost kiss and the whole mm -hmm. deal with Carmen. They they wanted to do that. So I remember seeing like that deleted scene or whatever it was with Daniel. So it looks like they were attempting to do that as well. And I don't know the decision behind it as to why it didn't make it. I don't know if Ralph's like, I, I don't want that for that character. Right. You know, because I feel like he could have a say in something like that. Um, but also it's like, well, where would that go narratively? Like, what's, what does that say about Daniel's marriage with Amanda? Mm -hmm. I know some people were like, oh, oh, Kumu goes back. You know, let's see if they get back together. Uh, do you guys, did you guys forget about Amanda? Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, so, so that's kind right. of where my mind was went. Like as much as, you know, like, yeah, you know, I love this legacy character. I'd love to see them back, but we, we can't just put them back into the show. Like it has to make sense for like right. our other characters too. Yeah, so, that's that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, well, another classic legacy character, Sato. So, okay, this this is a fascinating character because obviously Miyagi's former best friend. He also learned karate from Miyagi's father, and uh, the assumption is, of course, that he is just as good as Miyagi at karate. Um, he taught Chosen, his nephew. Um, and obviously he still has a beef with Miyagi who he feels um, disgraced him, you know, when he, when Miyagi professed his love to his fiance. So what, what are your thoughts on Sato? Um, and, you know, we won't talk about his karate skill necessarily. I did a video, <clears throat> tongue in cheek video on that, but uh, what, what do you think of Sato? Well, you, you, you're kind of giving me a, a alley-oop here because, like, I saw this incredible video where, like, you know what? <laughs> we're, we're kind of questioning Sato's uh, karate skills. You know, they may not be that good. Right. Uh, but yeah. apparently it's good enough that he is the official trainer or something of the U.S. Army or, or U.S. military. i mm -hmm. kind of forgetting yeah. the wording. Yeah, he's the, uh, he's been the, like, the official dojo of the U.S. military in Okinawa. Um, I think in... Naha, I think that's the city where where they are. But he's he has the the Sato Dojo. Chosen teaches at it, but he's been training U.S. military there. It's the largest dojo in Okinawa. Yeah, and that's what I'm waiting to see is who and what type of teaching is Chosen still into. Like we hear it in a throwaway line in season three, and they're they're always looking to set up something. Everything is always deliberate on the show. Right. So um, I feel like we're going to find that out in season five. You know, uh, Johnny made a question like, Who, who's this guy? And why did you even call him? You know, and right. you know, maybe we're going to find out, oh, well, he teaches the U.S. military over in Okinawa. You know, maybe he still does that. Um, 
So that in itself is chosen. That's what I love about Karate Kid 2 and 3. We know enough of like each of these characters where we're like, man, we could form like some really good prequels uh, and spinoffs uh, based off of like, you know, the fandom alone. So right. I uh, can't wait to see if something uh, becomes of that. Uh, I don't think this is anything. I always take everything with a grain of salt with people I speak with, but UG did kind of wanted to pick my brain in what my thought would be if there was like a chosen spinoff. I go, Oh, I was like, I was Ooh. like, Oh, you, what, you want to ask uh, what I think? And yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny because like um, I don't think I really gave him my thoughts, but I kind of humored him. I was just like, I think people would love it. You know, yeah. like it, it, I don't I don't think it's going to be as big as Cobra Kai, unfortunately. But like I think Chosen has a following, a big following enough. And not only that, you know, they, what they did with Cobra Kai is make Chosen like part of Miyagi's you know, legacy now. Right. And even Yuji has said that he's kind of playing you know, the chosen a little bit like how Pat played Mr. Miyagi. Right. Um, so I, I, I do think, um, you know, pre Cobra Kai chosen, I, I don't think it would have been, you know, a, a huge success. There, there would have been enough people to like go fund me for the project uh, possibly. But now mm-hmm. I feel like you could probably get something. And unfortunately, you know, it, it probably lasts like maybe two seasons, but I, I would welcome like a limited series, eight to 10 episodes on chosen post credit kid part two. Right. You know, uh, maybe oh. just flashes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, same, same thing with Miyagi. Like maybe give yeah. me, give me 16 episodes of, of, of that one, a limited series run. We know where to start, where to exactly end. And we're not going to try to like fluff the episode out, right? Like we're just going to map it out. And this is exactly what we're going to give you guys. And you'll either like it or not. You know, we're not going to do these few episodes, engage what people think and kind of change them, you know, just, you know, to, to, to give people fan service but um yeah on the way home from seattle my friend's like i think ug was like really asking for your input i go really? no, I, I thought he was just kind of gauging interest and he's mm. like i don't know i think he wanted to hear what you like what you would actually think and then like the next day i actually messaged ug i was like hey i was just thinking about that question you asked me you know and <laughs> that's great these are my exact thoughts and he yeah. and and he looked at it but he didn't reply and i was like mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I was right. My friend was wrong. But then I think the next day he actually did reply and, you know, just kind of gave me some some thoughts on, on, on you know, what he thought I said. And, and that was kind of it. But I thought it was interesting that, that he did ask me uh, about that because it's, it's kind of the same thing when I visited him a few years back in uh, 2019 where he's like, well, if, if my character showed up on Cobra Kai, like, how do you think they'd bring me back? <laughs> Well, not knowing a few months later, I would see his character return on Cobra Kai. So it's kind of right. weird. It's like, Yuji, did you know? And you were just kind of just wondering what I would say. So, right. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, we've been talking about Chosen here. And um, obviously, Yuji did su- such an amazing job playing him back in the day. Uh, and also today, kind of updating the character. It's really an amazing thing to watch because to me, there's just something about the way he played the character back then that uh, really kind of got me scared. He really, to me, felt like bullies uh, that I saw in school. Something about the laugh, something about the way uh, he tormented Daniel at the time. He just, he was so good in that role. And um, really, I think an iconic character in all of Karate Kid. Like, you know, obviously Johnny's a very famous, William Zabka does an amazing job, but I mean, Chosen, it's, I don't know. To me, he was like the the first Karate Kid villain to me. He's just iconic. Um, that it's just that 
battle at the end. The stakes were so high. I mean, I don't know. The it, highest. The, the, the highest, highest. right. It, yeah, to, it, the to me, it made the tournament. I mean, the tournament's fun in a relatable way, but I mean, this really, the peril involved was just insane. And uh, man, would you want to go up against Chosen? Heck no, no, no. 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 I, I want to be by his side. Right. Um, right. You, you, you know, you use the perfect word to kind of describe Chosen. You know, he was a Karate Kid villain. I don't know if I would categorize um, Johnny Lawrence as a Karate Kid villain. He's a Karate Kid bad guy. You know, right, and, and that's it. And everybody has their own story. I don't know how you could spin Chosen's story, right? It, right. It's, it's a little bit different. I don't know how you could uh, spin um, uh, Terry Silver's story. Okay, he did coke. Oh, a lot of guys <laughs> did in the '80s that were bad guys that, that were villains. And so, like what you and Drew said on on a previous Ken cast is like, I just want him to be bad, and right. I wanted so much, and, and I couldn't do it in the chat. I want uh, is it <laughs> Willow Ford or like somebody has a song that's called "I Want to Be Bad." It's a pop song, uh -huh. uh, but like that that's all it is. It's like some guys you don't need to humanize. Like just leave them be bad right. so um so what i want to say about chosen is uh, let me ask you this before i get into that um did you know we were going to get the return of terry silver credit kid three terry silver did you know what was that inevitable like did you think like okay we're gonna we're, we're just gonna get him like it wasn't gonna be oh they're just gonna change his character do you mean like uh, in season when four? i first started watching season four did i think we would get back to like karate kid three terry silver yes. i would i would say yes i did because um that very opening scene i loved it so much and it really harkened where he's playing the piano and he's just you got that grandiose sense of self just like that he just thought of himself as like you know beethoven or mozart and just um he still enjoyed wealth and, and everything like that. And um, yeah, we saw him be kind of nice and stuff like that. But um, I don't know that you, you saw flashes of him saying Danny boy, you know, and stuff like that. And so to me, I was like, you know, we're going to we're going to get back to uh, Karate Kid three because I obviously kind of had this theory that Terry Silver is a psychopath. And so um, I kind of went at it like that, um, where everything that you see about Terry He's a master of presentation. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a master of deceiving people. He's very conscious about how, how he looks to other people. And so basically, I, I would never trust Terry Silver. Uh, so I knew that he would probably be the same deep down. Um, anyway. Now, now um, on, on the topic of Terry Silver season four, do you... I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase this because I don't want to use the word miss, but would right. you have liked Terrence Silver for um, season four? Like uh, for the, for the whole, like for the whole were, season. Yeah. If, if, were tofu if he Terry, stayed that, if he stayed if, that way. Yeah. yeah the, for the, the whole season, would you have liked that? I, I really would have missed um, those qualities of okay. uh, Terry in Karate Kid 3. And, so and are, that's, that's how I feel about Chosen. And so, oh, okay. So you're saying in season three, yes, I love the return of him. But all we got prior to its release was this this really short clip at the end of the legacy trailer because it had just moved to Netflix. And all you guys who saw Cobra Kai only when it came to Netflix, you guys didn't have the year and a half wait like we all did. 
you know, waiting to see what is going on with season three because we had nothing. Like, if you guys thought the season five stuff is bare right now, it was worse for a year and a half where we had zero things going on in the fandom. That's why we started the All Valley Trivia Championships for 14 weeks. You know, we were hosting live trivia uh, on, on YouTube, and that's how we started, like, getting a lot of attention uh, to what we were doing in the fandom. Um, and I think maybe that's another reason why, like, maybe John, Josh, and Hayden brought on Ralph and Billy to talk about this big move to Netflix, maybe as a thank you for, like, what you guys were doing while while, while we couldn't put anything out. You know, like, they, they couldn't answer questions people were asking them. The um, All the social media sites went dead completely, um, and there, there were no updates to to give us. So... So when we got the legacy trailer, I was like, all right, fine, here we go. Finally moving to Netflix. And then we get that few seconds at the very end. And we're like, wait, who was that? Was that Chosen? That's got to be Chosen. Like that, right. that's, that looks like Chosen. And then the, the line, are you sure about that? Like it just right. thinking about it right now is giving me chills. It was just like, it was everything. And so I was like, oh, we're, we're getting Chosen back. And then we watched it. And then like that long, long con that he has with Daniel, just you know, kind of like, um, what was it? Uh, Dumb and dumber you know, where that long con of Lloyd, you know, just to get uh, uh, Harry back, you know, for, for that joke or whatever. Same kind of thing, like the, the nose honk. When when I saw that flip, I was like, oh, this isn't where I thought it would go. And mm -hmm. like, I, again, it's still chosen. I'm glad that he matured. And I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he um, he at some point he figured it out and wanted to better himself and become a better person. I'm here for that. But what I was missing was some Karate Kid 2 Chosen, right? So when I the the season five trailer and that line in I Am Gasoline, that's like a sliver of what I would I was hoping we would get back. So I'm anticipating season five so much because like I think we're finally gonna get some of that um, Karate Kid 2 Chosen again. Right. And you said before you're like. Uh, you know, you wouldn't want to go up against him, but you'd kind of want to be on his side. And so the interesting thing to me about Chosen is, yeah, if he still has that in him and he turns out on Terry Silver, I mean, how interesting is that? Um, right. And to me, it's interesting because obviously Chosen seems to have been around wealth. Obviously, his uncle Sato was wealthy. Um, his uncle Sato was kind of a conqueror. You know, he, he pretty much bought up everything. He bought up the whole town. He ran everything. That's very Terry Silver-esque. Uh, Chosen knows about running dojos, the largest one in Okinawa. He knows about U.S. military, training U.S. military. He wears um, a lot of gold. He wears a lot of gold. You're he, right. He only he understands first place. <laughs> he understands. Whereas Terry Silver, you know, it's Silver second place, right? Um, so, so to me, that's so interesting because Chosen is someone who could psychologically understand Terry, which may, might be kind of a first because he's seen all these U.S. military. He's seen uh, rich people who want to take over everything. He's been a bully himself, yeah. you know, and if he's come full circle, uh, it'd be so interesting to see someone like Chosen who might have Terry's number. Wow. Uh, Ken, I, I, I think. I think you have uh, a new video to make here. Uh, <laughs> this was last uh, comments that you made there. That's some some great observations there. But but that's uh, that's fun, right? I mean, that's that's really fun. We might we might get to yeah. see that. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I I'm even more excited now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that that's great, and uh, I I'm with you too. He was so good at playing that character, and he was so bad. 
he was obviously the character was what probably like 18 to 20 or something in the movie I'm guessing. I, I always thought like early 20s. I I, early I felt 20s. like he was a and maybe because it's like the height, you know, right. the height thing, you know, and I, I think um, that's why Tig was perfect, you know, to play, you know, Terry Silver, even though he was the same age as Ralph Macchio, like just just that 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 size difference already right. makes you feel that he's a, a lot older. I obviously didn't think Chosen was like, you know, 20 years older than him or anything like that. But right. I always thought like 22, 24. But I, I, I don't know if we know for sure. But um, I believe Ralph and Yuji are about the same age as well. Like Yuji might be a year or two older, but pretty close. You know, I think Billy's um, probably like the younger one of, of them all. Um, kind of same thing with like, I think Tony O'Dell and uh, Rob Garrison. I believe they were both like 24, you know, when Billy was like 18. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the ages, they're, they're, they're all um, a little bit different, but um yeah, you know, I know Terry does this very thing as well, but I think it's something that we kind of expect out of uh, of him being special forces and being uh, much older and just more experienced. But um, chosen, like when we first meet him, you know, he's uh, his his he's very charming. You know, his right. um, demeanor yes. is very inviting. Yeah, and so it puts Miyagi and Daniel at ease. And yep. then to see him do a 180 in a dark warehouse, you're just like, what is going on? Right. So, yeah, cut, you know, cut from the same cloth. You know, one's just made in Asia. <laughs> cut from the same very expensive cloth. Yeah, yes. I, I would say so. I would say yes. so. So, yeah, Silver's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this Sato and Taguchi family, maybe they're millionaires, you know. Right. Well, I can't wait to see what's going to happen, uh, obviously, with Chosen. I have to ask you, though, what is your opinion chosen against Terry Silver in a fight? What 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 happens? Who wins? I, I think ultimately Terry wins. I think Terry wins, but I, I, I think um, also chosen is going to be your um, is going to be his biggest opponent, his biggest surprise. You know, he will not. He's going to underestimate Chosen for sure. Uh, in, in my opinion, I don't want to say for sure. In my opinion, he will underestimate him. But I think ultimately, um, I think experience is going to win out. You know, and so, um, and and t- not just Tig, but Terry Silver is in great shape. I don't care how old he is, he's in great shape. He will still yeah. kick your butt. You know, so. But again, like. Still, very little is known about Chosen, too. Right. But, and, and he's got some of these cheat codes, you know, he's got these secret scrolls, you oh, know. Yeah. So, so it, it will uh, depend. And, and uh, for those that are uh, loyal listeners of yours or, or viewers, even, um, will have heard, you know, that that point I, I joined you and Drew on the breakdown of the trailer where yeah. I theorized Chosen will die, um, you know, protecting yes. Daniel, trying to save Daniel, something. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not scared to admit that I, I think Silver will win, even though I'm a chosen guy. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, and I guess I even I have to admit, I love Terry Silver, but I have to admit that Terry will take precautions and will try to tilt, tilt everything in his favor, even if that means doing something a bit underhanded to gain the advantage. Uh, so if uh, you know, he could if- cheat. Yes, if people would like a reminder, again, we're kind of uh, finishing up our season four episode reviews right. and a line that I missed and only stuck out because I have seen the season five trailer a number of times at this point. Um, Terry Silver does mention to Crease in episode 408 that I got my agent looking for other locations. So he already has the ball rolling at this point. Right. He has to win. 
he has to win because he's already planning to buy all these locations. And so if he thinks he's not going to win, he's going to make sure he does, you know, if if that's paying off a ref and that's just a tournament. Now, when it comes to real life and death, right. He will probably do whatever it takes, possibly fight to the death. So we'll see. Right now. And that also reminds me of a comment Hayden made uh, on a Ken cast, actually, uh, when he mentioned that this is a different Terry Silver now. This isn't the Terry Silver from Karate Kid 3 where he's going to do silly things like win a point, lose a point like he did with Mike Barnes. This is I would hope not. <laughs> right. That's just to end the movie. <laughs> right. Right. This Terry is has learned from that time. He's more focused. He's not going to be making mistakes. So I think that goes along to what with what you're saying. It's like yeah. the ball is rolling. It will happen. And he's yeah. not doing stupid things. If that's not ominous, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's so crazy. Well, uh, it, 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 another tweet. Sorry to cut you off there. And I feel like you may have shared this previously, but John Hurwitz, you know, he says that people are going to get hurt, you right. know, when, uh, when Hayden kind of questioned what would happen in that finale, you know, I think they were definitely trolling us. They knew exactly what they were doing. So right. there you go. You know, per- perhaps, um, uh, Bert, you know, hits his elbow on a door. That's the funny bone or something. He's going to get <laughs> hurt. You know, that, that stuff hurts. Right. And, and of course people have brought up because, Obviously, Daniel's going international and bringing in Chosen. Uh, Terry, it apparently, is going international and bringing in Kim Daun, who may also be a master in her own right. Um, And that, you know, I don't know if you saw uh, Alicia Hannah Kim. She tweeted, you know, Mark Kerr's poster Mm -hmm. uh, for season five. And it's like, oh, I forgot what he said, but it's like things are going to get crazy. And then she said, you have no idea. Mwahaha. And so, yeah. and so to me, that means Kim Daun might be a huge factor as well. And she might be Terry's insurance policy. Uh, we, we don't know what could happen, but my goodness, uh, you know, if she's related to Kim Sung Young and she's a master herself, uh, that could really help even the score against Daniel and Chosen. I think so. Absolutely. I have her on notification, so I will see everything that she tweets out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to the intro- uh, introduction of her character and kind of curious to see how much um, she's actually in season five. You know, is she only going to be there when she's kind of needed or will she actually help be there to uh, move the story along and be part of that narrative? So right. that'll be interesting, you know, because we don't know how, how much longer we'll have uh, uh, not only just Terry Silver, but, you know, Tig himself, like, was he only doing these two episodes? Because that's what Mark Kamen, Robert Mark Kamen, um, uh, spoiled was that, oh, yeah, you know, t- you know, Thomas is in seasons four and five. He didn't say anything about six. Six hasn't yet been greenlit. Mm-hmm. But does d- d- is the last of Terry in season five? You know, if he continues on, you know, that's that's going to be a- another discussion at another time. But if he stops in season five, does this new master slash sensei Kim, cause I don't know if we know her exact rank yet or title rather. Um, but is, is she going to be someone who continues the reigns of Cobra Kai? You know, if right. Terry, whatever happens to him in season five kind of thing, you know, something <clears throat> I could be totally wrong on this and it could be wishful thinking on my part, but I think once you introduce Terry silver, who is so intimately connected with the history of Cobra Kai and John crease and Daniel, like he's so tied in, I have a feeling he's going to be sticking around maybe close to the end of the series. Um, That's fair I, because, I, uh, you know, you pull a guy out of retirement, you know, you got to use him. 
Right. Exactly. And there's so, so many different ways you could go with Terry and he has so many relationships. Like if, if this is a stuffed season five already, I don't know if we're going to see Mike Barnes, we might, but if they just bring him in towards the end, I mean, that's a whole other relationship with Terry Silver that probably needs to be explored. Mike Barnes and Terry Silver. Right. What happened there? Do they have beefs? Are they going to go at each other? Are they going to work together? So it seems like there's so much story potential with Terry being around at least that um, I hope they keep him as a big bad for the rest of the show. But I don't know. That's just me. Um, I, I mean, I, I just like the idea of an actual big bad and not like, is he going to be good this season? Is he going to be right. bad next season? You know, like let's let's right. pump the brakes on that. And let's just, uh, let's just, you know, stop the will they, won't they, you know, like mm-hmm. Johnny Daniel, look, just work together because you guys are better together. Terry right. Silver, you're just bad. So just be bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, the, the whole kind of like, oh, is this where this kid turns? Like, you know, I, I think we've got like four seasons of that already. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they, how they approach season five, because I think what they, it sounds like they don't want to repeat what they've done in previous seasons, like too closely, you know, things are going to mirror each other, obviously, because like different, but same different dojos, but they kind of do similar things. So I see certain parallels and stuff like that, but I don't think they want to repeat a season. So they continue to say like, oh, you guys have no idea what we got for the next season. You guys have, you know, you guys aren't even ready for that finale. So yeah, they're, they're, they're being creative and they continue to deliver and the integrity of you know, their love for the story is it, it all remains intact. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm just starting to get a little impatient. <laughs> like yes. Everyone else. Starting uh, to settle in a little. The shorter time there is before season five, the longer it feels. Definitely. It really sure. does, doesn't it? Um, well, Peter, I have to ask you about actually the most important character in Karate Kid 2 that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. I need to get your thoughts. I, You know what? I was about to ask. Is it the mailman? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is the mailman. And you know, obviously you have worked with and for the U S postal service. You understand how everything should work. And I just need to get your reaction to, uh, this guy who brings in the letter. And, uh, I don't know, you could say he kind of maybe overstays his welcome a little bit. He's a little bit entranced by Mr. Miyagi's backyard. Uh, do, do you, do you feel like this, this is a good, uh, uh, professional example of, um, a letter carrier? I mean, it's not the best example um, by any means, but I can see somebody like this. Uh, it, it's, it's really difficult because I, I've been um, you know, employed by the USPS for 15 years, and this clearly predates, you know, even, even mine. Right. Eh, well, I mean, this is 84, so I was already born. But um, so I don't know how different things were back there but i'll tell you like if it was me in this position if somebody's not answering their door i am leaving a notice right like <laughs> right like you you need a signature well you know i'm not gonna walk around the house but 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 you know to in his defense he's hearing some hammering in the backyard oh they are home this is a letter from okinawa i'm gonna try to kind of go the extra distance to get this delivered and and, and signed so i can deliver it because the the um the alternative would be to leave a notice mr miyagi will have the options and again i don't know if this is what they did back then but now mr miyagi would have the option of us having to re-deliver on a day that's more convenient for him or he would have to travel to his post office wait in that long line and and get his note well uh, again different times but now you can go to the side door ring the doorbell hey i'm here to pick up this thing that 
uh, notice was left for. He does overstay his welcome because it does not appear that they're on that level. Like I have people that mm-hmm. I delivered to that would consider me family. You know, I have seen newlyweds move into a house on the route. You know, the wife would get pregnant and then the baby would be born. Like I, I am part of that sometimes. This guy can't even say Mr. Miyagi correctly. So it's like, well, you guys may have spoken together, but like, I don't think you're in any position to be like, hey, this looks beautiful. I'm going to bring my wife if that's all right. Yeah. Right. So I, I think he's definitely overstating his welcome as being a little extra here. Um, but I do like I believe people like this exist for sure. OK, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, Absolutely. I was I was wondering about that, like the whole like, hey, do you mind if I bring my wife and come by and take a look? Um you know, in his mind, it's harmless. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that big of a deal for us. Like, as an audience member, we're like, "This is a little cringy, sir." Like, right. what are you, what are you even doing? But <laughs> right. you know, it's 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 harmless. His, you know, may, maybe he's trying to like let Miyagi know. You know, may, maybe he also served in the military and and may know what it's like for this Japanese man. He who he may or may not know that is also a veteran. But right. I feel, you know, I feel there are some people that um in their own way want to say like hey i accept you you know right, like right. you don't have to you you don't don't fear me you know i don't think anything negative about your people you know kind of thing right again kind of cringy stuff but like i i believe this to be like someone that actually can exist in the real world um he just thinks it's harmless and he means nothing by it he hopes he's not offending but just wants to be like, yeah, I would love to bring my wife by, you know, if she, she's into this stuff. That's, that's really it. That's really it. I, I think, I think he seems to be an okay character. Yeah. But I just okay. question just walking back there, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's kind of where I draw the line, but it's, it's totally fine. But like, yeah, I, you know, if, if, if he knew Miyagi like that, then I'd say walk back there because you heard some hammering, you know, because maybe, you know, Mr. Miyagi is often, you know, remodeling things and he's very handy. So, but, right. but you're wasting too much time back there. Right. Oh, well, thank you so much. I have been wondering that my entire life. And so thank you for the expert answer. Uh, on ha- happy to clear that up again. <laughs> now, now Mr. Mailman here, he would be why he spent so much time in that backyard because we have the real time GPS. You know, this would be considered oh. a stationary event uh, that they would actually question at this address. Why were you here for this amount of time? And he would have to have a good reason for it. Wow. How interesting. Exactly. Okay. This is something you learn on Kincast. Yes, definitely. I hope you've all learned something. I have too. My <laughs> goodness. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up you traveled to Hawaii to actually look at some of these locations. So specifically. Um, no, yes. <laughs> now, can you tell us where you are and what we're looking at right here? Yes, absolutely. Um, a great picture. It, it's funny because you did like this picture earlier today and I was like, Oh, kind of an odd <laughs> picture for Ken to like, you know, super random or from earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I figured you were looking at it for, for reasons. I didn't realize it was for this. So this is a little I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, there it is. That's why he, he pulled this. Um, my wife and I, we uh, uh, went on a trip to Hawaii, to Oahu. And it was our first time traveling without any of the kids in like 11 years. And the last time we went, it was for like our one year anniversary to Hawaii. And so we went back and just by happenstance, I was like, you know what? Were any of the like like scenes filmed in Oahu? And sure enough, there was. There was um, at least two. I'm kind of forgetting one of them. And we were actually going 
on this um this 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 hike on this afternoon and and surprisingly where i'm standing at right now was on the way there and i was like you know if we if we could stop by somewhere you know they filmed karate kid 2 and it was a beautiful spot you know and so the scene the the scene here is where um daniel and kumiko are running kind of underneath this bridge uh and you know you see like i I don't know actually what's fake or real but right you know this is during the glory of love and the kind of climbing down and the the picture of me is with the bridge in the background and i got as close as i could it was a little bit uh further down uh, to to drive down and actually walk down there which i think i could have but it was a little far for me to walk by foot uh you know a lot of bodies of water in the way so just really beautiful the um the 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 rocks and and all that the water was beautiful that day the weather was you know uh it it was clear no clouds in the sky really and and i'm wearing an eagle fang shirt yeah so there you go that's another thing yes absolutely and then looking the other way is this the same this is where they're looking um and they see the castle right this is another picture you took they kind of did some special effects obviously some compositing but yes yes absolutely so um kumiko and daniel are looking at that uh the castle i'm blanking on the name um, if you gave me four options, I'd probably still choose the wrong one. But uh, <laughs> they're you know over by the bridge, uh, underneath the bridge, kind of looking at this um, this this plane with the not, not a plane plane, but a plane like um, help me out with words here. You know the is it called a plane where it's just like land? Yeah, I guess it's yeah, kind of like a it's kind of a beach, but kind of just a rocky beach. It's kind of like this flat area. Yeah. And they, like, like you said, like they have this like composite of the, the castle in the background there. And so like my picture was it without the composite, obviously mm-hmm. um, from, from my vantage point. I, I don't think I'm standing where they are. I, I don't think I'm close, but I'm pretty sure that is the same body of land um, that, that where they put that on. Yep. It looks like it. Yeah. yeah. That's so, that's so amazing. And, uh, so that's an amazing trip. I mean, would you recommend like diehard fans that they, if they happen to be out in Hawaii to track down these locations where you, it oh, just yeah. looks beautiful anyway. It, it really does. I mean, if you're a diehard fan, I don't think I need to tell you, you you're probably already making uh, that part of your trip for, you know, really, but uh, no, it, it, it was breathtaking. It's just, it's a beautiful sight regardless, you know, if you're a credit card fan or not. But um, once I got there, you know, I kind of meandered off on my own. <laughs> You know, at one point i was right. so far my wife's like hey let me take a picture of you you know because like i was standing on you know this really high rock and whatnot i was just trying to get to all these different angles to get close enough to that bridge so so that way people can kind of um you know be able to see the comparison in the photos be like oh yeah that that is it uh I, I would imagine if i was much closer you can probably see some of the the changes over the years you know i've gone to um like a filming locations for back to the future, like where George climbs up on that tree and, you know, kind of he's a peeping Tom and looks at Lorraine's window, but the tree and the surrounding, like, you know, um, uh, other trees around it and bushes, they've all grown in size. So it's always uh, very interesting to kind of see how much time has changed the, the landscape of everything. Absolutely. Um, Well, Peter, we have had this great discussion about karate kid part two kind of looking back on everything we've talked about, do you have any like sort of final thoughts about the movie or things you'd like to say to people maybe who haven't seen it in a long time or maybe have never seen it at all? No, absolutely. It's, it's a must watch. And, um, you know, I have a very unique experience 
uh, now after having visited the set, like I, I got to visit the set. For those that don't know, I have uh, a number of images or uh, pictures of me inside Miyagi-Do, you know, standing in front of rules number one and two, standing in front of the Miyagi's photo where Sam and Miguel make out in front of, you know, like I, I have a picture with me there. But uh, just having been there and then going back and rewatch uh, the Credit Kid Part Two. I've uh, I felt a little bit closer to that world and to those characters. So I have that unique experience. But if you have not seen the Credit Kid Two at all, or it's been a long time, it's definitely worth a re revisit. You know, with with Chosen coming back, it'll be nice to kind of compare. But they have great characters that the legacy characters came back in the previous seasons. So there's I don't know if there's a really good reason that like, why did you avoid that one? Like it would have been cool to kind of, you know, kind of see that, that backstory a little bit leading up to their, those characters, uh, those characters returned. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I guess if, if you're just more of like a, a loyalist to uh, Cobra Kai, I can see why maybe you skip out on that one. Cause there is no Cobra Kai, you know, you got chosen, you know, right. who's definitely not Cobra Kai. Where's the colors? of uh you know the black and the yellow mm -hmm. you know the pittsburgh colors but um yeah if you're looking for cobras that movie's not for you but if you can appreciate uh miyagi his legacy and you know characters like chosen and and uh kumiko and yukie you know who writes these fantastic letters um you know to and fro miyagi uh in 304 it's definitely worth a watch. You know, it's, it's two hours. I'm sure people have watched worse stuff out there, you know, that you felt like you wasted your time. I don't think credit kid two is a waste of anybody's time again, right. unless you want Cobras. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's an issue. I, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. It's like, we, we almost get no Cobras. You get a little bit, very little bit at the beginning, kind of wrapping up the events of the all Valley tournament, but yeah, you're right. But like chosen in his posse, I mean, that's a whole different level of bullying. And again, as we said, the stakes are higher. Like the, these, these people mean business. I mean, they're, they're the stakes are higher, but oh my gosh, like I, you know, I, I keep telling myself I want to do some sort of video on this, but chosen has some really badass lines. Yeah. You know, Daniel doesn't want any trouble. So he says, well, maybe trouble looking for you. Who right. says that Johnny right. doesn't. <laughs> right. right. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, broke, uh, break ice or break neck or, um, right. you know, so there, there's that. And, um, you know, oh gosh, what what, what else? I, I know there's pl plenty of them out there. You know, you keep for your collection, but that's not so badass. But right. that's a very popular one and one that people go to. You know, you dance like Geisha. You know, like he. Right. There, there's a lot of bullying from from Chosen. He's 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 kind of mm -hmm. like um, kind of like I don't know if this is a good comparison, but Steven Seagal. He like talks trash <laughs> when he's right. about to kick your butt. That's what Chosen does. Chosen does a lot of trash talk. You know, before he, you know, you know before your number is up basically. Yep. So he, he's a, a, a different type of cat. And um, I think that's why a lot of people are excited because him and Terry are so different and, and they are like the two baddest villains in the, in the Miyagi verse. Yep. Oh, I can't wait, man. This has got me so excited for uh, season five. This is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Everyone, go check out the Cobra Kai Companion Podcast. I know a lot of you are already listening to it, but uh, check out in the description the links to his YouTube channel. Also, check out podcasts really on everywhere you can find podcasts, right? Absolutely. Yeah, everywhere. We have not been yet told, like, oh, you guys don't exist on this platform, but uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, it, it, quite literally everywhere. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we should be available. 
Absolutely. And people should join your uh, Facebook group as well. Yes. You know, we just have one question to ask and please answer that question because that just verifies whether or not you're a bot and select right. whether or not you want to follow our rules. You know, that's kind of self-explanatory. If you want to stay in the group, you follow the rules. You know, they're, they're not, it's the same type of rules most people have. We just might enforce it a little bit more than other people. That's really it. So, right. but we have, we have a good time in there. Yep. Great community. We've got lots of rewatches coming up all the way to season five. So yeah. Including yeah. season five. That, Inclu that will be part of the watch. Yeah. It's oh. 50 days of Cobra Kai. Oh, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. All right, everyone definitely check it out. And, um, and thank you all for watching today. Um, come back. We're going to be doing Ken cast, uh, maybe even a lot more as we start to get more content. Who knows? Maybe stuff has popped up. This has been a pre-recorded uh, Ken cast. So maybe some other materials have popped up before this and don't worry, we will all get to those very soon. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your comments. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Uh, go ahead and put comments down. Go ahead and subscribe to Cobra Kai Companion as well. And we it's look free. It's totally free and it's you'll free. feel so good. You'll feel yeah. so good for doing it. Free 95, uh, you know, just hit subscribe, both channels. <laughs> exactly. Um, so thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a, have a great weekend.